G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on Your Impactful Journey. God, I love what I do in so many different ways with the way that we live life and the coaching that I do, and especially with this podcast and the humans that I'm so grateful that I get to connect with. This episode was another one of those ones where I fully immersed myself in it. I was teary. I was laughing. I was inspired. I was educated. It was just bloody brilliant. So I'm sure you're going to feel some very similar emotions throughout this one. Gary Fay is a mind strength coach, highly sought after speaker and best-selling author who embodies the mantra, lived it, learned it, earned it. His unique brutal honesty brand was forged through 18 years with the Australian Federal Police, where he led the Australian Prime Minister's personal protection team and managed the Office of Commissioner, a deep dark and constructive battle with mental health and a combination of formal and informal education, coaching and mentoring to develop his own practical systems and structures for success. Gary is also a public speaker and ambassador for the Australian and New Zealand Mental Health Association, delivering custom presentations around men's health and men's mental health, sorry, peak performance, and many more topics. If you watch the TV and are a fan of the SAS Australia series, you'll also recognize Gary as one of the participants from that show. As I said, I love this chat with Gary. He's a genuine Aussie bloke. He's vulnerably overcome massive challenges and adversities in his life, and he's on a mission to support others to overcome or avoid what he had to endure. In this episode, we discuss how we're all lying to ourselves in our life and what we can do about it the power and importance of brutal honesty, why the victim determines the level of success, how he overcame a gambling addiction that cost him his career and almost $2 million, his proven steps and processes to help you turn your struggle into your success, what the SAS Australia show taught him about physical and mental resilience, And so much more that we cover around how to do the work required to get the results that you really want in life. Gary and I connected really well before and after the chat. And although we're doing very similar work in our coaching, it's bluntly obvious to me that what he has to offer to his clients is very unique and extremely empowering. You can find out more about Gary and the awesome work he's doing at GaryFay.com. And I've put that link in the show notes to this episode so you can simply click on the link to find out more. Guys, before we start, can I ask, please, just a little favor. If you're getting value from this podcast, which I assume you are because you're still listening, and you would love to continually get value from it, which again, I should never assume, but I presume you kind of do want to keep getting value from it, could I please ask you to jump onto your podcast app, either the Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and give it a five-star rating and review, and then click the subscribe button to the show. There's literally millions of podcasts in existence nowadays, so to capture someone's listening attention and help me impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people, your reviews will help support this. Only if they're genuine. If you don't like it, 
don't do it. <laughs> it also allows guests to see how much you legendary listeners love this show. And then the guests will more likely want to share their time and value on here for you. So very much gratitude in advance for doing this little thing. It'll probably take you about 60 seconds to jump on and give it the five-star rating and review. And if you're a driven business owner, leader, or manager, and you're keen to take everything to the next level with confidence and abundance as opposed to stress and burnout, my mission is to help you create this sustained success through unbeatable mindsets, empowering inner tool belts, and with world-class coaching accountability and support so you can thrive in your personal and professional life. I have limited spaces available for my one-on-one coaching, so you can find out more info and connect with me directly by emailing me at info at brettrobbo.com, and I'll be releasing more information as time goes on about my group programs throughout the year, but you can find everything on the website, brettrobbo.com. Okay, now let's hear from the legend himself, Gary Fay. Gary, I've heard you talk about brutal honesty and that it's a philosophy of yours. And I love this because everyone that I work with has to commit to two key guiding principles. And one of those is take radical responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, and actions. And the other one is be brutally honest. So I would love to know why is this a philosophy of yours about Brutal honesty. Uh, where did it come from? What have you experienced in your life to make this part of your your DNA and your blueprint? Yeah, cheers, Robo. Look, I think the simple answer is everybody lies to themselves. Whether you want to believe it or not, we tell ourselves lies. We tell ourselves lies on the quality of our life. Most likely, we tell ourselves lies on uh, the things that we want to achieve in life. And it's not until you can put it under the brutal examination that you actually can come up with some answers. Um, I know from my own personal experience that a lot of my struggles have come when I wasn't able to put the blowtorch to, you know, the answers that, um, you know, to some of life's questions, you know, what do I want out of life? What type of person am I? Who am I? Where am I going? Am I in the right place? And typically, you know, we always talk about asking hard questions, but we forget about giving hard answers. You know, hard questions are irrelevant uh, if you give the uh, the very quick snapshot answer and then forget about them. And it's not until you really break it down to that brutal, honest moment, you know, perhaps where you're curled up in the corner in the fetal position because you don't like the answer, chances are that's the place that you need to start and then you can uh, build up from there. Have you been in the fetal position to reflect <laughs> and, and lied to yourself? Yeah, 100%. Look, I ended up in the fetal position because of the lies uh, that I had told myself. And, you know, I want to be perfectly clear, most people don't know they're telling themselves these lies because they don't ever examine the answers that they give to themselves or they omit parts of it. They just keep flying along, participating in life the way that, uh, you know, social media tells them they should be or the next career move tells them they should be or that their father was an electrician, so they need to be an electrician. And they never bothered to examine those questions. And, you know, the main time that I ended up in that fetal position, you know, I was at, you know, I was at rock bottom. I was I was seriously questioning the value of my own life. And, uh, you know, I, I was very close to my dear Nan. She passed in 2007. And it came on the back of nine months of hard work, but I still wasn't there. And I went to see her her grave where she was cremated. And it was the first time in my life that I was brutally honest with myself, not only about 
where I was in life, but what I had done to myself, what I had done to those loved ones around me, simply by masking a reality that, that I wasn't prepared to deal with. And I've heard you talk about it before, and I'd love you to share with the listeners about some of those realities and that, that deep, dark time, what career you were in and what, what led you to that space. Yeah, sure. Look, I spent 18 years in the Australian Federal Police, and and you know from uh, you know from everybody's account, I had a very successful career. I mean, the highlights of my career included uh, running the Prime Minister's Protection Team. I also was the Commissioner's Executive Officer, so I ran the Commissioner's Office of the Australian Federal Police as well. Um, you know, so I had a, a quite a distinguished uh, career. But of those 18 years, the last 10 of them, I was actually silently, you know, silently even from myself battling a major depressive disorder. Uh, that also came along with a major gambling addiction. Um, that gambling addiction cost me close to $2 million. It cost me my career. It cost me my reputation. It certainly had me considering that value of my own life. And, you know, ultimately, I was responsible for all the choices and the actions that led me to that path. I made some silly choices with uh, my work credit card that cost me my career. But at any moment, had I decided to be brutally honest in that 10-year period and start to confront the gut rumblings that I had, those feelings that something wasn't quite right, I probably would have ended up in a different space. But you didn't until 10 years later. Why, When you reflect on that and in those dark moments and your addictions and the way that you were feeling like wanting to end your life, why do you believe that you didn't have the perspective back then that you have now? Uh, look, I think one of the reasons is, is hindsight. I'm a lot better read now. I'm a lot more comfortable with who I am and I'm more prepared to have those conversations with myself. But, you know, I'm a, I like to say I'm a real bloke. I grew up in Western Sydney. I played rugby league. I was in the police force. I was in an alpha-dominated environment my whole life. I'm an only child. My life was dominated by an alpha personality trait. Difficult to speak up. And not only difficult to speak up, difficult to admit to yourself. Plenty of people out there, certainly plenty of the people I work with will will know these comments you know, quite well. And that is, I just need to make it to the next holiday. I'll be okay when I get the next promotion. I'll work hard until I get this amount of money and then I'll spend time with my family. A lot of those are all masking comments uh, that stop you really examining who you are. And you know, ultimately, we don't feel safe. When we don't feel safe to speak up, uh, we tell lies. When we don't feel safe to admit our vulnerabilities, we tell lies. We even tell them to ourselves. We even mask them from ourselves by using some of that commentary that, that I just mentioned. And, you know, as it starts to build up and build up and build up, that just becomes your story. That becomes your identity. That becomes who you are. And you find it very difficult to get away from that. I found it difficult to get away from being the go-to guy at work the guy that people called on to solve problems. How on earth could I admit to having my own problem if my sole responsibility was solving problems? So I kept masking and kidding myself and making excuses as to why I didn't have the problems that ultimately I did. And, you know, for me, it all came crashing down. But for others, you know, you, you do get plenty of opportunities along the way to put your hand up, to speak to somebody or to at least examine for yourself. How does it make you feel now when you know there's a lot of people in that same sort of situation? And maybe there's some people listening right now that are in that moment where they think, well, shit, that's me. Like, I, I feel like I'm 
a fraud, so to say, because I'm helping other people, but I'm not helping myself. Or I'm in my line of work where people put me on a pedestal, but internally I'm beating myself up. Or they're also experiencing addictions that they aren't able to speak out about. You know what's tough about it? I, I often say that I try to be the coach that I needed 10 years ago, but I'm not entirely sure that I would have gone to see me. Mm. You know, this it's a very difficult place to be when you're hiding this from yourself. I feel like there is, well, no, I know everybody that I work with, everybody that I speak to, everybody is going through something that they are not prepared to deal with themselves. You know, I talk, sometimes you've got to deal with the you that you won't talk about. There is some element of everybody's life out there that they are not prepared to sit down with their mates, their partner, you know, and or their boss and express. That's the bit that's going to start eating you alive. Now, of course, there's a spectrum, you know, and by the end of my 10-year period, I was at one end of the spectrum and somebody else might be at the easy end of the spectrum where it doesn't create huge amounts of problems. But the greater the responsibility and the greater the mask, uh, the greater the problem is going to come. And, you know, it, it's a difficult space to be, in particular, again, when you're a breadwinner, when you're the person responsible for providing security to your family, when you're the CEO or the executive at the company and you're responsible for all the answers. It's very difficult to admit that you don't have them all, all the time. And that's the tough space to be in. Yeah, well said. And that's what I find a lot of people that I work with, a lot of driven business owners and leaders, and they, there's that common kind of comment that it's lonely at the top because when you're the CEO or you know a leader in a high position or I work a lot with business owners and they don't have people to communicate, they don't have their necessarily their inner circle. And that's what I'm really honored to, to present and hold space for with a lot of mostly men that I work with. So, hearing you say that. And that's why, you know, we're chatting about it off air, why I'm really grateful to have you on here to share this message, because there is an abundance of people that need to hear it. And there is an abundance of opportunities for people to work through this. And one thing that I love, I've heard you say too, is the victim determines the level of success. What do you mean by that? Well, it's not, it's not until the victim of any scenario lets go of being the victim that it can move forward. Now, I've got to say there are people in my life that that I hurt because I wasn't capable of being the man that I, uh, that I should have been. I cannot determine when those people have healed from that pain. I can do anything and everything that I would like to do to think that I, I've gotten over it. But it's the victim that has to determine when they're ready to move forward. And, you know, it's probably apt that we talk about it in these times because it doesn't just go for individuals that you hurt. Playing the victim seems to be quite common these days. We want to blame something or someone else for where we are in the world. And, you know, we're, we're going through, you know, pandemics uh, all around the world. And it seems that we want, we're more prepared to blame, whether it's governments, whether it's countries, whether it's conditions, we're more prepared to blame the conditions than we are to take some responsibility for ourselves. And, you know, it's only when you give up being a victim that you can start to move forward in any sense of, of your life. When, it, when you are looking externally for the solution, uh, you will uh, struggle to move anywhere from where you are right now. Well said. And this, I guess, is covered in your book too. Your book is called Externally Bulletproof, Internally Brittle, How to Turn Your Struggle into Your Success. So tell us a bit about the book, what's what's involved in that? 
Yeah, look, I, I I don't know where you sit on language in your in your podcast. So um, only that I just there's no right? there's no barrier. You speak from <laughs> your heart, my look, friend. <laughs> look, I'm not a swearer, but it seemed to be the, the most apt way to describe it. I've got two sections to my book primarily, and and the two sections are how the fuck did I get here, and how the fuck do I get out. Mm. And, you know, when my world came crumbling down, it was the 25th of November, I got called into the Deputy Commissioner's office to explain the use of my credit card. And I've got to tell you, in that moment, I had two thoughts. How the fuck did I get here? And how the fuck do I get out? Mm. And my first how do I get out question was more about how do I get out of trouble? But as I started to get further and further down the track, it's they started to be more macro questions. How on earth did a successful guy, an educated guy, a man of supposed integrity, how did I end up in this place, the place that, that almost took my life? And then how on earth do I get out of that place? And, and to be honest, the book basically chronicles that story. That it, it talks about um, how I ended up becoming depressed or how, how I felt to be depressed, how I became depressed the three things that I think are responsible for most people's depression, or at least they, they work hand in glove. And, and I call it the ego, the excuse and the escape. And, you know, I, I had a, an escape. My escape was gambling. My excuse was that I was depressed, but ultimately it wasn't until I addressed my ego that those other two problems went away. You know, I'd, I'd fixed my gambling issue four or five times over a 10 year period um, I'd kind of battled with the depression a few times over that period as well. But both of those kept coming back because I was focused on the problem I saw in the mirror and not addressing those underlying issues that I wasn't prepared to talk about, that that ego, that protectionist ego of I'm the man and I can't not be the man, so I'm going to keep battling forward. And then the second half is realistically it's my, the way that I got out of it and it's the way I coach. It's almost the blueprint of, uh, of how I believe people can move forward, not just off rock bottom, but if you're, I say, if you're on the edge of greatness, this is a path that you can get to that next level as well. It's, you know, simple strategies that you can implement that are going to start to move you forward. I'll be honest, they're uncomfortable as shit. They're, you know, you, you've got to do some hard work. You've got to, you know, you've got to end up in the corner in that fetal position and you've got to be uncomfortable. But you know, you put yourself here, it, it's it's only up to you to get yourself out. And like you said, that if even if it's not in a one of the most challenging periods of your life, if you want to get to that next level of success, of course it takes challenges and support. What are some of those key strategies that you that you highlight in the book that people might be able to resonate with? Yeah, look, the first part is that brutal honesty. You have to sit yourself down. And you know, I I, I talk to people about you have to ask yourself the questions, the tough questions. You have to answer them. And then you have to ask again because your first answer will be a lie. And so you've got to try and get to that point of, of brutal honesty. The three main steps, though, you've got to, I feel like you have to create yourself a compelling vision. You are not going to move anywhere unless you have somewhere valuable to go. So you have to create as, as specific as possible a compelling vision. The next step after you do that is to, I call it create, renovate, and update. You have to renovate your internal alignment, right? You have to accept your past and you have to accept your present, exactly where you are right now. No bullshit, no airs and graces, you know, whether it's your dollar figure, your health, your relationships, you have to be honest about where you are because you can't start moving anywhere unless you know exactly where you are. 
And the final part is to update with a proven strategy. You know, I help people build strategies, but I built my own so people can do that. It's finding, developing a process. It's practicing that process daily or weekly or whenever it, it entails. It's being persistent and it's having patience. You've got to stick with it. You can't give up on that task. And that's primarily it. It's, it's you know, it's three steps, some micro steps in there. But if you do those three things, chances are tomorrow is going to be better than today was. For someone that's listening right now and they say, yeah, but what would yeah. you say to that? <laughs> Good luck. Look, you can say yeah, but all you like in life. And to be honest, saying yeah, but got you to where you are today. Uh, You know, I remember when I was struggling, I did everything that I could to pretend other people's struggles were not like mine. So I would watch stories. I would watch, um, you know, the YouTubes. I would read books. And for every problem that I found, I could figure out a reason why that wouldn't work for me. And that just kept me where I was. And I remember specifically, there's a video of Tony Robbins saving a marriage. I think you can, it's on YouTube. It's an eight minute video. Tony Robbins saves a marriage. I'm pretty sure that's the title of it. Nothing to do with my problem at all. But it was the first time I listened to something and actually started to try and put that person's story into my life and figure out the similarities. Once I started doing that, I could grab five, six, seven, or eight people's struggles and just take 5% of that one, 10% of that one, 20% of that one, learn some things that they use to get over that little bit, learn some things that someone else used to get over that little bit, and ultimately, again, build my own system to get out. Um, It's not until you can change the yeah, but mindset to become a what can I learn from this situation that you're going to move anywhere. I can't do that for people. Um, All I can do is show them what it looks like when you do. Brilliant. I love that. And what you were saying there with taking little bits and learning from others and other philosophies that were very unrelated to your story, but the fact is you're human beings and so are they. So there is some underlying mental constructs that we can all learn how to reframe and like you say, create, renovate, update. What else did you was a catalyst for you to break through that ego because it's one thing to be aware of the ego part and that's a pretty strong realization for you did you have coaches yourself did you just start learning about the ego how did you so the awareness piece the acceptance piece and then the action to actually do the work around that where how did all that come to play yeah look i'd like to think that i've had mentors all the way through when you lose two million dollars you don't have a lot left to pay for mentors and coaches so i went to youtube and i went to the library and i went to the internet and i read papers and you know i was a relatively academic sort of guy as well i started to get an interest in neuroscience so i found some people online that i resonated with and i watched their stuff And I found the learnings that I could take from them. Again, it started with that video from Tony Robbins. moved on to a guy called Tom Bilyeu, who does impact theory. And he's, you know, a a billion people that he has on that all have inspiring stories. And I could pick bits and pieces out of those. I was probably fortunate. The next one I watched was Ed Milette. I'm fortunate enough now to be in in a group with, with him and being, you know, coached through that program as well. But, you know, he's been instrumental. And again, Most of these people wouldn't even know I exist, but that doesn't mean they can't be mentors in your life. You know, so I did follow, I was listening, I was following, I was just doing one bit here and there. To be honest, the catalyst for change, you know, I got in trouble at work 
I'd lost my job or lost my career, basically. That wasn't enough for me to change yet. That, I put another little, a little bit of change in. I stopped gambling for a while. But it was another 12 months later that I was, you know, I was in this path of it's just not worth it. I can't do this. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. I keep failing. And it was, I was at that point where life was about to be over. And, you know, fortunately, I went to the doctor. And I, I really just committed to myself that anything the doctor told me to do, I would do. And he'd sent me to the psychiatrist and I committed that anything that she told me to do, I would do. Even if I was against it for the last 40 years, I was going to do it. And then the psychologist, the same thing. The gambling help, the same thing. And for another nine months, I was just doing all these things. I was going to see all these people. I was watching my YouTube. I was implementing some things uh, in my life, some routines and I was still gambling and I was leaving gambling help meetings and going gambling still. And I did it for nine months. And then all of a sudden I had my come to Jesus moment. I went and seen Nan. I had my brutal, honest moment. I broke down. And for probably two and a half years, I thought I had a magical moment. And then I started to realize I'd actually been signaling to myself the type of person that I wanted to become by continuing to go to the meetings, even when I didn't think they were working, by doing the routines, by watching the videos. I was signaling to myself the type of person that I wanted to become. And then I happened to cross James Clear, who talks about uh, casting votes for the person you wanted to be. And it all made sense. You know, I had a catalyst moment but I had nine months to get to my come to Jesus moment where everything changed. And um, I don't know if that answers your question, but th- that's kind of how I, I got around to it. No, that's bloody brilliant. And just hearing you speak, there was some similar sort of things for me after experiencing my massive adversity and then jumping on the you know podcasts and audio books and being addicted to learning about human behavior and then implementing it in my life and, and similar trajectory to you and bringing that into the coaching and helping people, you know, significantly impact and transform their lives and the lives of others too. So that's, that's really cool to hear. What I believe that is the most resonating part of that little piece that you just spoke about is you tried, you tried, you failed and you tried again. I think regardless of where people are at, whether they're in, in the depth of despair or whether it's business or relationships or whatever it might be, what we tend to do is let that trying and that failure be the story that we are a failure and not doing the work to reframe that and overcome it. And you doing that nine months and, and a lot of time before that is, I like the analogy of whether we're talking about personal development and transformation or business success. I work with a lot of people who are successful already in, in their business or their career or as elite athletes, and they want to get to that net, next level of success without the stress and burnout. So there's a lot of strategies in that, but there's also a lot of frustration that comes when it's and it's this struggle and you think what's the point i'm just i feel like i'm really not getting anywhere but the analogy of the bamboo plant where you plant the seed and it's underground for eight years it's between six to eight years before it sprouts and then it shoots up and it's this beautiful bamboo plant that has an abundance of value for the world so this try, this try, this fail, it's kind of like this struggle that we find ourselves in. I say to people, when you're in the struggle, embrace it. It's exactly where you need to be. And it's going to shine some light on some dark areas that helps you work through them. What a beautiful place to be. Well, it's the only place to grow, really, right? That struggle is the only place that we can grow from. You know, Nothing grows 
you know, nothing grows where it's nice and peaceful. You know, it's only when you start to push past that barrier. And, that, you know, it's why I put persistence and patience into, into the process. You know, it, it, you know, you have to take your time to, to build your process, but you got to stick with it. You know, again, look, I, I follow a lot of people. Eric Thomas says, you know, get something for your pain. You've already gone through the pain, you know, get something for it, stick with it, you know. And I firmly believe that there's nothing that can't be achieved if you're prepared to be uncomfortable for long enough. That's all it comes down to in life. If you're prepared to be uncomfortable for long enough, I reckon I can pretty much solve anybody's problems. Love it. One thing too that you, on your Instagram, you say, I help strong men struggling to find significance by building straight up strategies for success. And I love the Marcus Aurelius quote that you've got on your website, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be, be one. So I love this because I believe that as human beings, man or, or woman, that we are all genuine souls at our core and that there is strategies like what you talk about to allow us to show up as that genuine best self. And to what I help highlight with men is what our boy behaviors are and then what our genuine man behaviors are and then designing our life to step away from those boy behaviors that don't serve us anymore or anyone else around us and how we step into our genuine man behaviors because it's better for our immediate circles and our inner circles and the community and the world at large. So two things, do you only work with men? And on that Marcus Aurelius quote, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be, be one. What is a good man to you? Yeah, look, I started off primarily targeting men, I suppose. My goal was to coach me and I know my story and I know people that go through my story. What I found is that my story is not a man's story. It does it exist in females as well. So probably about 30% of people that I coach are females. So it, it didn't start that way or it probably didn't start with that intention blindly. But I'm grateful that, you know, I've been able to spread the wings a little bit, a little bit further and you know, certainly I don't think in uh, Marcus Aurelius's times it was uh, as politically correct as it is today. So, uh, you know, I look at quotes like that and probably see them as, as gender neutral anyway. It's, you know, waste no time arguing what a good person should be, um, be one. You know, on that quote specifically, um, you know, and, and even on the fact that we deal with straight up strategies, uh, you know, I'm a no bullshit coach. If you if you're lying to me, I'm going to tell you. Um, if if you need to be told something, I'm going to tell you. Um, we're going to work our butts off. We're going to be uncomfortable. We're going to be uncomfortable together. Um, you know, and I I just love the fact of that quote from Marcus Aurelius because there is still too many people in this world bitching about outside circumstances and conditions, and the time to argue about what everybody should be doing is over. The time is to act. You know, that's what I read into that quote. It's, it's don't tell everybody what you're going to be. Just be that. Um, what do I think a good man is? Um, look, I, I personally think a good man depends on the individual. We all have our version of what a successful man looks like. Um, I'd like to think it's a man of integrity. I'd like to think it's somebody that is open enough to speak their mind. Um, at the end of the day, I think a good person is somebody that lives their life with purpose. And that purpose is different for each person. Um, it's up to you to determine what your purpose is. Uh, I can certainly help. I'm sure you help plenty of the people that you work with on determining their purpose. But ultimately, your one responsibility 
is to live a life of purpose. That's it. What your purpose is, is entirely up to you as long as you're honest about it. I love that. That's I really want people to hold on to that. You determine what your purpose is. You get to choose it. Yeah. And once you choose it, commit to it, live it, thrive in it. People go searching for and wonder what it is. You get to choose. And I've got to say, if you choose wrong, you'll find out because you'll get that gut feeling that things mm-hmm. aren't quite right. You'll start to, you know, you'll be addicted, afflicted, or conflicted. You'll be questioning the things that you're doing. You'll be, um, uh, you'll be procrastinating, uh, you know, for a lot of people, especially when they get to 30, 35, 40, you might start to have risky investments. You'd be drinking a little bit too much. You'll be considering cheating on your partner. You'll be doing all those sorts of things or indications that you're probably not living your purpose. You might not be too far from it, but if you haven't committed to the right purpose, you'll find out soon enough. What is your purpose? Yeah, look, uh, as we spoke a little bit before, um, I I think it's a little bit, um, for me, it's a little bit uh, shifted. Um, My purpose, certainly from a business point of view and maybe from a life point of view, uh, as I mentioned, is that that my shit has to be worth something. I've been through, I've put myself through and I've put others through a hell of a lot of shit. And that comes with some uh, some responsibility as well, and, and and that responsibility comes in the form of the education that I've received through that shit, the learning and the understanding. Um, and it's not right if I hold that in. Um, I, I feel like I went through what I went through for a reason, and that reason is to um, you know to have come out the other side and help others that are in a, a similar uh, in a similar situation. Um, there's a, I think it's a Russian uh, author, Fyodor Dostoevsky, who says, um, you know, my only purpose, or I'm paraphrasing, is to be worthy of my suffering. And, you know, it really resonates with me. It's, um, you know, I had, especially when I was writing my book, and, you know, look, what I went through was embarrassing. Um, as somebody who'd been a man of integrity for 18 years, to make the mistakes that I did, um, it's embarrassing to be in the paper. Um, for those things, it's embarrassing to walk out of a courtroom. It's embarrassing. My mum and some other people in my friends and family list uh, didn't want me to write the book. Um, don't want me to do this sort of coaching or these podcasts because, look, we've moved past that. Can't we just put it in a box and uh, you know we go on with living life? And that don't feel right to me. And, and as I mentioned before, if it don't feel right, there's a chance that that's not your purpose. And um, you know when I'm doing this. It feels right. Um, that's that's the only way I can really explain it. That's all you need to say. You're a man of integrity that is acting from your place of intuition. So another resonating message for everyone. That's brilliant. Thanks for sharing that. And I want to circle back to you saying that you work your uh, butt off. So people that work with you, you, you guys, you commit to the processes and you work your butt off. You worked your butt off in the SAS Australia uh, TV series. Tell us a little bit about that experience, but I also believe that you experienced a bit of uh, adversity prior to that as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, look, I, I really loved the concept of the show, the SAS Australia. It, it started in in the UK. I think it's SAS Who Dares Wins in the UK, and and I've been watching it, and and you know, I, I've said that I really respect the, the instructors that are on the show. Um, less because of what they've done in their SAS careers, although it's that's um, you know it's fantastic that, and I've had an opportunity to work with some of the guys in the SAS um, in, in my career, and that stuff is phenomenal. But 
most of the instructors, if not all of the instructors, post their career in the military have had their own personal struggles and have come through the other side. And when I used when I was watching the show in the UK, I would see the way that they treated other people that had struggles and how they helped them come through those struggles. And I always said to them, this is a show that I would love to be a part of. I, I was still going through my own struggles or just coming out the other side. And eventually when I got the opportunity, when it came to Australia and they did a civilian series, I, you know, in fact, I applied for the celebrity series. I don't know why. I just, I wanted to get on the show bad enough, you know, not to be on the show, but because I knew what I'd seen it do for other people that were struggling. And, you know, I'd done a lot of hard work on myself. And this was also a chance to put that to the blowtorch, to have these guys, you know, do to me what I do to other people. Call me out if I'm not being honest about the things that I'm saying. Push me and push me and push me until that honesty comes out. Because on the other side of that is where the magic happens. And, and you know, that's what I respect from those guys, not their careers, but what they've done after their struggles. Um, you know, so the experience was fantastic. It was it was tough as shit. It was, you know, it wasn't as long as some of the ones in the UK, but, you know, I'm an older bloke. Um, I probably wasn't in as good, good a condition as I could have been um, when I, when, you know, we didn't get much notice to go on and, um, you know, I had a little bit of struggle leading up to that. Um, my my stepson passed away ten days before I went on the show, um, and oh man, you know it it made it really difficult for me to to go. It made it very difficult for me to leave my family. Um, he was he was four and a half. Um, he had a he had a lifelong genetic condition, and I. Um, I made him a promise that I would go as well. I told him I would finish it, but to me, finishing it was going as far as I could. And once I made sure that his mom and his brother were okay and looked after, uh, it was an opportunity that I don't think I will ever have gotten again, not just for myself, but there was a part of me that knew that promise that I made to him. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was difficult. It was difficult to be away from everybody at that time certainly there was a lot of things going on on SAS that you know made you forget about a lot of things but you know it was it was very raw very close and um one of those decisions where whichever decision you make you're probably going to regret the other way you know I, I I do wish I was at home but if I had been at home I would have regretted not going you know not all decisions are easy to make in life, you know, you, you don't always get, uh, you know, 100% yes and a, or 100% no. Sometimes they're 51-49 and you just got to go with it. And I did. I'm glad I did. I, I feel like I made the right choice. Um, everybody at home is okay. And, you know, I, I think in part it helped me move through that as well. Thank you for sharing that. And as a father of a almost three-year-old, I'd just welted up in tears when you shared that uh it's yeah it's <clears throat> thank you for sharing that how much of was he on your mind when the physical challenge got to the point where you just wanted to give up how much of he pulled you through yeah look i uh i i had two images of uh, of him on my mind when i was down there and 
we would stand in the parade ground and there was a, a mountain around us and I used to look up to the top of the mountain and there was a group of rocks there and I, I just would envisage him standing there looking down and that gave me a little bit of strength and then there's a, a picture I have on my wall here of um, him and I laying on the ground at a picnic. He's laying on my chest and, you know, every time I got a chance to be quiet, that was, you know, the, the thought that came up. But i got to say, I, I, I nearly quit at least three times, I think, before I, I finally walked out. And, you know, as I said, my my original promise and my original goal was to get to the end. And I, you know, I suppose in my was wasn't naive. I I know out of fourteen people, rarely do more than three or four get to the end. And the chances of the oldest bloke on there getting there were going to be pretty slim. But I, I I was comfortable that my end is where I got to. I had to get to my end, not the end of the show, but I had to get to the place where. I couldn't go any further. Um, and two or three times before I found that place, I had hand on armband and ready to give it over. And, you know, the guy, again, the the instructors, once they knew, they used it as well to help me, to uh, remind me of my son. And um, it, it wasn't something I was prepared to walk away from without definitely knowing that it was, that it was my time. And so, yeah, he, he certainly helped me push a little bit further than I probably would have. Ah, that's brilliant. Thank you again for sharing. And, you know, part of that that you also exposed just there was just setting that big audacious goal, getting to the end, even though part of your mind said, oh, it's probably not going to happen because I'm the oldest, but you dropped that story in your mind and just said, that's my goal. Because if you set your goal to just get to, oh, I just want to get on the show, then even with that really deep why, you probably would have possibly would have given in earlier so that that no, no i would have 100 i would have I, I know i would have i, I tried to uh, and i i just couldn't bring myself to do it i, I you know I, I was ready to go you know uh, a couple of uh exercises earlier a day earlier you know and, and you know the yeah that you know reasons why and sometimes they, they're easy to find like mine was there and sometimes you have to do some exploration but you know, you also do have to have those big goals. I think it's Elon Musk that said, you know, picture your your 10-year goal and try and achieve it in six months. <laughs> you're not going to achieve it, but you're going to be a hell of a lot further than if you waited for the 10 years to come up. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you've got to set goals knowing that you might not meet them, but doing your best to get there because even that's going to be a major achievement, um, you know, on the way. Not at the expense of health and relationships <laughs> and integrity is what I'm hearing you also yeah. say. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 true too. Look, it's it's you know, and, and again, this comes back to your purpose, or you know, you'll know if you you'll know if you're making the wrong decision, you know, and, and th- there's not a, a man or woman out there that makes the wrong decision and doesn't know it. Whether they want to articulate to themselves that they're making it, whether they want to admit that they're making it. But they know they're making it. Oh, I've got to tell you, I, I, I gambled almost $2 million and I reckon at least 1.95 of that, I knew I shouldn't have been doing it. But we find reasons and we, we, we justify things to ourselves and, and we, we make excuses and we don't acknowledge things and we brush over things. And, you know, if you're, if you're not living in alignment, you will know. Um, 
it's just sometimes people aren't prepared to explore or to articulate, um, you know, those those places. Yeah, well said, really well said. And mate, you've you've shared an abundance of value on here, and you you've got your book that we mentioned before that I want everyone to to grab a hold of, and your website that we'll get the details of shortly. And you know, you've been on here sharing truly, deeply, vulnerably, and like I said, it's an abundance of value. If you could only, uh, if you only had sixty to ninety seconds to to sort of sum up and give value to the listeners, how would you wrap it up so that they can leave this episode not just inspired, but also knowing what action they can take to live their own life of impact and impact the lives of others. So if you could sum it all up in kind of 60 to 90 seconds, how would you do that? Yeah, look, I think some of it that we've touched on already, I I think if there was one piece that I could give to people, it would be to work on creating that compelling vision, to be very, very specific about who you are as a person and what you want out of life. And then determine the things that that person would do and start with one and do that and don't stop. So you find your vision, you be specific about it, the person you want to be, what did they do every day in their life? Do that and you'll become that person before you know it. I love that. That goes in alignment with the philosophy of your goals and visions aren't just a place to work towards, they're a place to work from. Who do you want to be in the future? How does that version act now? And what are you going to do about it? 100%. A very Australian way to say it is, what are you after? What are you going to do about it? I said, go get it. (laughs) Gary, you're a legend. You're a living example that brutal honesty and radical responsibility can literally save our lives and also positively impact the lives of many other people along the way. Whilst to some people you might ooze strength and confidence, to me you ooze vulnerability and courage. And to me that is super empowering. Keep shining your vulnerably strong and impactful light to the world, my man. I appreciate it, Robert. Thanks for having me on, mate. It's been great to connect. And, and you know, I, I love all the, the stuff that you put out there. It's, you know, it's a positive impact for people that are not only willing to listen, but ready to do the work. Thanks, Legend. I'm super grateful for that. Cheers, mate. There you go. What a bloody genuine legend making a massive impact in our world. If you're keen to work with Gary and get amazing results like he and his clients have gotten, go to garyfay.com and all of the details are on there. And I've put the link in the show notes there so you can simply click on that hyperlink in the show notes to this episode. I highly recommend checking out his one-on-one coaching and these other programs if his genuine nature resonated with you. And when you're on there, please let him know that you heard this episode and that's why you're reaching out. And if you got value from this episode and any other episodes of this podcast, please share it around. Please share this specific episode if you got value from it and you know someone else that you believe will get an abundance of value from Gary's story. Please share it around so that you and I can collaborate on positively impacting the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. Greatly appreciated. Keep thriving, legends, and as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.